In a world where good news is hard to find, WAVA and One Heart DC present Good News for the City. We're here to share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ and what his body, the church, is doing to spread this good news in the Washington, D.C. metro area, including Northern Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. As Jesus said in John 17, Father, that they may be one just as we are one. Welcome to Good News for the City. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Greetings, folks, and welcome to Good News for the City, the radio broadcast ministry partnership between WAVA Radio and One Heart DC, right here on Life Changing Talk Radio 105.1 FM, WAVA. My name is Dennis Williams. I am director of ministry for WAVA Radio, and I want to welcome you to today's broadcast. Well, folks, guess what? You know this just as well as I do, that to say the last year has been unpredictable would be kind of an understatement, wouldn't it? Last year, as the nation shut down to slow the spread of COVID-19, unemployment rates went crazy. They rose to levels not seen since the Great Depression. And like many of you who may be listening now, our guest today found himself jobless, wondering how in the world he would support his family. From He went from the corporate boardroom to the supermarket. He is living Hebrews 13.5, which says this, keep your life free from the love of money, and be content with what you have. For God has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. And we want to talk about that. And of course, here to get us started, introduce our guest for the day, is my good friend, my buddy, my co-host of Good News for the City, Pastor Brian Bale, Senior Pastor of Christian Fellowship Church in Ashburn, Virginia. My friend, it's great to see you, brother. God bless you, man. I always appreciate our time together, Dennis. You know, if you're a human... And which we all are listening, right? Unless there's, you know, a dog or cat out there enjoying this via podcast. <laughs> I've, heard they li- I've heard they like the show, Brian. Yeah, I, yeah, I hear yeah, yeah. I hear's one of our biggest demographics listening to the show. <laughs> but if you're a human, that means you've had challenge. And especially yes. if you yes. have a relationship with Jesus Christ, we look at those challenges or should look at them differently. There, there's a verse in the book of Romans that often I like to say that people just sort of throw out to try to make lemonade out of lemons when life is hard. And it's this, God works all things together for good for them who's called according to his purpose. But the good comes in the next verse to make us more like Jesus, right? And sometimes that process of making us more like Jesus can be confusing. It can involve all kinds of challenges and difficulties. And our guest today is someone who's going to tell a story, a story of hope, a story about how, God can work in any and every situation. We hope that you hear the story from, from Bob, that, that you as well as the listener today will receive hope that comes from whatever situation, that God will and is working things together, even if we can't see it at this moment. So in studio, we have with us today, Bob Zerrenner. He grew up in Ridgewood, Ridgewood New Jersey, graduated with a Bachelor of Science in Business Administration and Concentration in Finance. He's been married to his lovely bride, Kathy, for 30 years. I'm a little biased to people married to Kathy's. Bob, I'm married to one as well. Uh, they have three children. They currently reside in Northern Virginia. He has worked in various corporate finance and strategy roles throughout his career. But among his positions was the chief of staff to the chief operating officer of a Fortune 250 company. And most recently was a vice president of mergers and acquisitions. And, and Bob, thanks for coming on the show today. We're just going to, we're going to walk through your story. Are you good with that? I'm great, Brian. Thanks for having me. 
hope so. It's going to be a really interesting next 20 some odd minutes if you weren't. So thanks for your willingness to do that and talk. Hey, you mentioned you grew up in Jersey and, uh, you know, church and a little bit, you know, what was that like for you? What was it like growing up there? And what did church look like as a kid for you? Or did it look like anything? Yeah. Uh, my mom and my grandmother actually had a passion uh, for her faith. Uh, my dad was opposite. He really didn't participate in church. Um, as we used to say, maybe four times a year, you know, mm-hmm. Easter, Christmas, a wedding and a funeral, if that happened. So, um, yes. you know, for me personally, I never felt a, a, a connection to the church. And if I didn't have to go to church, it was a good day. Um, but I really went to please my mother and my grandmother. Um, so it really never connected me, connected with me on a personal level. Um, and all I remember basically was that, you know, you have to be good enough to get into heaven. And my question was always was how good is good enough. And, and, you know, will I be able to get into heaven? So that was Mm -hmm. my biggest takeaway. Yeah. So, you know, you graduated from high school, you went through this process. And I think all of us, you know, have moments in our life where things come in and they begin to give us a different perspective. And for you, I think if I understand your story correctly, some of this started happening once you got to post high school into college and those sort of things. Talk about how that began to change a little bit. Yeah, it was, uh, I had, you know, grown away from the church. It really wasn't uh, relevant to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would occasionally attend church, either family or friends would uh, ask me to go and I would go. Uh, but then one of my close friends uh, in college, he was actually a born and Christian. And, you know, he always tried to get me to go to Bible studies or coffee houses or concerts or whatnot. And um, he was a real good friend. We had a lot in common. Um, and, you know, I always, always say I tolerated his invitations. And uh, one of those invitations was to a concert uh, of a Christian musician who I, you know, never heard before. I said, all right, I'll go. Uh, nothing else better to go. Um, so we went and uh, it was being held in a church. And um, I met the pastor of the church he was hosting. His name was Bob Bakke. And, you know, he was, he was a different than most church leaders that I've seen in the past that I had mm. approached in the past. He was very yeah. approachable, really interested, easy to talk to, uh, you know, and for a college kid to have a pastor generally interested was kind of interesting to, to say the least. Mm-hmm. So, um, that was during college. So what, there was still no faith really going on at the time walk for me, um, after college, um, uh, one of my high school buddies actually got married early and um, the wedding was actually at the church where yeah. the concert was. So it was two completely different guys. One was a high school buddy. One was a college buddy, same church, same pastor. I met him again. He remembered me, which was a surprise. And um, you know, it, that left for me a really positive impression that here's a, here's a pastor. How many people come into his life on a daily basis. And he remembered me. Uh, so that was kind of, you know, unique. Yeah. Um, so that, that was really where I was when I walked at the time. Yeah. Okay. So I right, fast forward a little bit, you know, eventually meet your, your wife, Kathy. I have to yeah. tell you something. When, when I read how you met your wife, Kathy, and the listeners of the show, we get some information in advance to help us kind of walk this. And we're talking about, I, I read it this way, that your wife was your best friend's sister. And I thought that had to be complicated, but that's not true. <laughs> your wife, you met her. She was your best friend's sister's best friend. Yes. 
I feel yes. like that should be a, a song. My best friend's sister's Sister best friend. Best friend. Could be a country song. Nature. Yeah, it could yeah. be something yeah. like that. Yeah. I'll start on yeah. that this afternoon, writing that. By the way, yeah, you work on that. <laughs> but just remember, uh, all royalties go to Good News for the City uh, from uh, that Amen. particular writing. But yeah, yeah. so you know, talk about how you met her. You know, your best friend's sister's best friend. How'd that work? Yeah. And you know, we we knew of each other, mm-hmm. and sometimes we, as a group, you would get together and go out. So she. It was kind of interesting. She saw the best of me and the worst of me. So she knew, you know, she knew what I was like and she had heard the stories. So, uh, and then she still wanted to have, you know, go on a date with me, which is kind of interesting. Um, And, but then we just, you know, also we, we just, it wasn't a group anymore. That was just the two of us. And we started to build that relationship and we realized this is, you know, she's the one for me and I'm the one for her, you know? Yeah. Fast forward 30 years later, we're still together by God's grace. Oh, yeah. So you, you met there, you know, um, you had some connections and all of those sort of things, all this kind of weaving together with the pastor that you met, meeting your wife. And what happens next in this story? Because it's leading to something and we we'll want everyone to get sort of your story in your mind. Sure. Uh, well, my wife, she grew up in the South. I grew up in the North. Uh, uh, we got married and, and my wife, Kathy, always had a faith, faith walk really growing up more so than I did. And after we got married, she wanted to, you know, get re reunited in her faith. Mm-hmm. So trying to find a church home between someone who grew up in the South and someone who grew up in the North was going to be a challenge to begin with um, to say the least. And we visited many churches and for one reason or the other didn't connect. And then I happened to remember a church that I visited twice before mm-hmm. and it was called grace church. It was in, um, and Pastor Baki came up to mind and I told her about him. Never had mentioned to her before about it, mentioned it. She's like, let's go. We tried others. Let's go here. We went, we visited. She loved um, the church. I, after the service was over, I went in the back, introduced Kathy, my wife now to the pastor body. He remembered. Mm-hmm. He was so excited to see us. He said, if you have any questions, give us a call. So I, I you know, after we kept, going to the church for a little while, it was the first time for me that I was like, wow, it's not just showing up to church. There's actually, there's application in what he's teaching yeah. in my life. And that was the first time that really ever connected with me at a faith level. So um, we attended for a couple of months. We had some questions and he said, well, I'll come out to your little two bedroom apartment in New Jersey. And uh, I still vividly remember what it was like. And, you know, it's a typical cold, windy, wet November day, November evening in uh, New Jersey. You know, it's raining, windy, leaves are all over the place. And he still makes it out. And he sat at our kitchen table for hours, just asking those questions, answering our questions. Um, and he asked a lot of questions that I really never had processed before. So, um, you know, we, we kept meeting after that first one and kept asking questions. And that I think really ignited my walk. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I realized then at the first time that it wasn't about earning my way into heaven. And that for someone who grew up hearing that all the time, that was a real shock. And it really was about the person in Jesus Christ. And that's, you know, for me, that was the first time it really connected at a personal level. 
Yeah. And that's the good news of the gospel. The good news of the gospel that we talk on the show all the time isn't that we have to have all our stuff together before we come to Jesus. We come to Jesus and Jesus is the one that helps get all our stuff together in in that way. And so, you know, you know, with that background, you know, you you come to know Jesus, you begin to understand, you, you get married, your career starts taking off, you have three kids, you know, everything seems to be going well. You know, you were taking on more responsibilities and with more responsibilities, I think anyone, you know, that comes obviously more resources, uh, you know, families growing, life is happening well, your faith is growing. And again, as you mentioned, uh, you know, before that, you're not perfect, still making some mistakes. I think we all do. Right. I mean, none of us are perfect. If we believe we are, if we happen to be married, ask our spouse, they will let the world know the truth. Right. But God, as you say, is faithful. As I was reading some things you were talking about, I want to get to a point, though, where, you know, you're there, you have a good career. Uh, you, you've been a part of a senior leadership team and a few companies, uh, you know, Fortune 250 board of directors you work with, chief of staff for Furman Arlington. And then, you know, 2019. So we fast forward quite a few years, but nonetheless, right. 2019, uh, you get a new job. Talk about that. Yeah, it was a great opportunity. It was another, you know, step on the up uh, on the career ladder. Uh, I started working for a firm uh, as vice president of mergers and acquisitions. Um, they had just been spun off. Um, and my role was really to acquire technology and companies that would help them um, grow. Uh, the position wasn't w- would have been in Austin, Texas, um, but they allowed me to stay in Northern Virginia until our youngest daughter graduated high school. So that was great. Um, the first six months were whirlwind. We acquired three companies in th- in six months. They were the top three targets. So from a personal standpoint. Everything was going great for me. Yeah. Um, all cylinders. We're getting ready to move in about a year to Texas. And then um, fast forward to October of that year, October of 2019, and have a meeting with the CEO. And the only one who's missing is the CFO. And he says, oh, by the way, um, the CFO has been fired. And the CFO was the guy who I worked for. So that was a big shock that it happened. Um, they hired an interim CFO. And the first time that I spoke to the interim CFO was the week before Thanksgiving. And his name happened to be Bob at the time too. And he called me up. He said, Bob, he goes like, you know, you know, we're going through some problems right now, but um, we're not going to do any acquisitions. And as such, I'm eliminating your position. Your last day is Friday. HR will call you. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Happy Thanksgiving. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it, it was a shock still, as a, but it wasn't a complete surprise to me what happened because once the CFO is hot and dismissed and you report to him, you knew it was probably your, you weren't going to be around too much longer. So, Yeah, I think those are the moments in our life where we, we all know that there's writing on the wall, but we're praying that we're reading it wrong. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. But, yeah. you know, and, and one of the things that I love about it, I was reading your story. You mentioned that you, you weren't necessarily angry, but certainly that yeah. you, you were upset because life took a really quick turn you know, in just a quick nine months, you know, everything's going great. Right. And then now everything's are not going great. And, and I'm sure there are many of our listeners who may not have had this experience, but they've had an experience where it seems to be going one direction really well for a period of time. And then very quickly, it turns on a dime. Right. And so you move from this great opportunity, this, this uh, great time to this period of time where, you know, basically, you know, you were fortunate enough to have severance in that way, mm-hmm. but that, that isn't necessarily the way that you saw it happening. So, you know, you, you've got, you know, some things coming up and during that time you, you did all kinds of things. Um, you know, I get, you know, you did some consulting, you had to, you mentioned that your daughter was graduating. 
you know, uh, you were able to do a lot of that sort of stuff. But eventually, you know, consulting gigs dry up, yep. you know, especially when we think about the time that this is, because, of course, this is moving into 2020. This is moving into the beginning of COVID. And all of us that are still living through it at some level know what that meant and a lot of implications that came from it financially. You know, severance begins to run out, all of that. What were your next steps? Yeah, and that was, you know, for my wife and I, it was a 180. You know, you're going to Texas and now you're turning back to Virginia, which, you you know. So uh, one of our main goals was to try to get health coverage. And, you know, right now it's going to be uh, a large sum of money out of pocket every month that we would have to pay. So my wife, um, she applied to some positions. I had nothing on the horizon. There was no opportunities for me. It was so... Uh, put that in perspective and she applied and she was the one who was getting the call back in the interviews and everything. And I'm sitting here at home. I'm like, what's going on? You know? Um, so she applied as one firm, the interviewed her. Um, and then on a, a Friday, they called her up and they made an offer to her. And there was, it was kind of interesting. There's some miscommunication uh, about what the expectations of the job were and salary and stuff. And she thought it was a full time. They said, no, it's part time. So the offer was a little disappointing to say the yeah. least, but my wife being a faithful person that she is, and she said, I'll pray about it over the weekend. She prayed about it over the weekend. Uh, Monday, she gave him a call and said, unfortunately, you know, the Lord's basically just said, this isn't, the, you know, this situation is not right. So she turned him down. They asked why she told him why they said, okay, uh, it was 24 hours before you make a decision on another opportunity. She had, she said, okay. They call back in 24 hours and it was just by God's grace. It's full time, mm-hmm. more money and benefits for our entire family at no cost to us. And you just sit there and you have a moment where you're like, Lord, you know, you work in unbelievable ways. You yeah. an answer to prayer right there. And, yes. Um, yes. you know, he's faithful. And that's you know one thing throughout all of this even early on in my career, God has always been faithful. So, and so to uh, set the scene now that you, you find yourself, right? right? You find yourself at, at not necessarily physically at home, but at home, at uh, home, not, not an opportunity per se. Uh, and your wife now she's, she's headed back to work. And so for you, as you mentioned, there weren't a lot of options and uh, you, you begin to pray and spending time. And there's this moment because this is where the story, I think for our listeners are, are going to, is going to go somewhere that maybe they wouldn't have seen coming. There's this moment where you get complete peace about where you should apply next for your job. Where was that? It was at Trader Joe's. It was at Trader Joe's. Now, for those who are listening and they may be outside of the Washington metro area and they don't have a Trader Joe's there. I mean, we love ourselves from Trader Joe's. We're not getting paid to say this, but that's not what we would typically say would be our next career move (laughs) after having that. But yet God gives you complete peace you know, to go to Trader Joe's. Um, so let's, let's talk about that. It's a grocery store, corporate board to, you know, stocking shelves and all of that. It, why, what, what do you feel like? And what happened? It was, I had been a customer at that store, um, you know, pre applying to them. So I knew the environment and I could see the workers there who worked, even though they, you know, they were happy, they were having fun. And I was like, man, this is something different. This is interesting. And then the Lord, you know, he really just laid down my heart and said, uh, you know, here's an opportunity, apply. I had no idea whether or not they need people. So I put an application in, had two interviews, got the job. Um, 
I'm a lot older than the average worker at Trader Joe's, but there are some people who are even older than I at Trader Joe's. And um, it was kind of when I first started working there, you know, they thought I was undercover boss. Like, yeah, you know. I was talking to a mutual friend of ours. And we're promoting all kinds of other places. Trader Joe's undercover boss today. But yeah, that, that, you know, they're probably looking at you a little bit different in there. But yeah. That, that wasn't the case. No. And, and I said, no, I'm not. And, and they were looking me up on LinkedIn and everything. So it was, it was kind of, it was just kind of funny. But at the same time, you know, after I was accepted, I would say, and I was just a worker, you know, just to build those relationships with these people who I never would have had the opportunity to talk to and to hear their stories, their dreams, their struggles, their goals and burdens, and just being a sounding board uh, mm-hmm. for them. And all of a sudden, you know, then I'm sitting there and I realized, Lord, this is where you want me, yeah. you know, and, and, you know, people asking me about, you know, can you help me? I'm putting a resume together. You know, can you, you know, give me some ideas of where I can apply to for jobs. Mm-hmm. Uh, college kids who said, well, I'm, I'm going to major in finance. Can you help me understand the you know corporate finance world? And you just sit there and you're like, I can have written this any better. Sure. It's, you know? it's God working all things yeah. together. Certainly yes. the way God's writing works sometimes isn't the way that we would write, but it's, it's good and it's faithful. And he, he used his things that I guess that, you know, if we told the story out of context, like, hey, guy gets finance job, works for a Fortune 250 company, next job is stocking shelves at Trader Joe's we would not frame it in a way that it was a positive story, but this in fact is an unbelievable story, the truth, the gospel and how that, but you know, recently uh, you got a call, right? Yeah. And so in the last couple of minutes or so, talk about the call, the opportunity, and then what you decided uh, yeah, when was, you had an opportunity to leave Trader Joe's. It was a great opportunity. Um, before a boss called me out, obviously with more money than I worked in a Trader Joe's, but um, again, another great, sense of peace about it i turned it down yeah and most people maybe listening may think i'm crazy you know why would you turn a six-figure income down from working at trader joe's but you know it wasn't about the money yeah you know and and that's you know that's one of the things that it it was more about the relationships i had built and more about the peace that i had built and even my walk with jesus during this time at trader joe's has gotten even closer yeah. because I'm able to spend more time with them. You know, and I actually just went through a study in Genesis with some other guys and just going through walking through a study of Genesis again and, and seeing God's faithfulness, mm-hmm. you know, all, you know, you see it through all throughout Genesis, all the way until it ends with Joseph, you know, and the faithfulness that he, all through that. And I was just, he showed me new things I'd never seen before. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'm still at Trader Joe's and I'm loving it. And, um, you know, right now he has me here for a season. I don't not sure how long that season will be, but it, yeah. it's a great season. You know, and uh, it's, it's just clear through in the story that God uses miraculous, amazing things to teach us more about himself, to make us more like Jesus. And I'm sure, you know, looking back, you can see now where God's faithful that, you know, it's very difficult to see it at the moment. And so in this last 30 seconds or so, I'm sure someone out here is listening who's unemployed or what they consider to be under underemployed and might be losing hope in God, what would you want to say to them? I would tell them, first thing is, don't lose hope. Yeah. You know, um, suffering the loss of a job can be so hard for us. Uh, a lot of us find our identity in our jobs. We spend a lot of time in our jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and a loss of a job, and I kind of relate to it, it's, it greets you in the morning when you wake up, and it's all throughout the day. 
And uh, even when you go to bed, it will take the your last bit of energy. So don't give up. And there are numerous passages in the Bible. And, you know, Joshua uh, 1, five says, I will not leave or forsake you. Amen. So be prayerful yeah. about it. Connect with other fellow believers um, and, you know, focus on what God has for the next season and be open to new opportunities. Yeah. That's a good word, Dennis, man. I wish we had an hour and a half to talk about this story. We don't today, but it is a reminder of the goodness of God. And when someone responds faithfully, what he can do. Amen. Hey brothers, God bless you both. Bob, thank you so much, man. This is a, this is a story I love. I know that God wanted our listeners to hear it. And so that's amazing because we know a lot of folk, not just Bob, we know a lot of folk that have gone through very similar things that you've gone through. And so um, you've helped so many people. So God bless you and thank you. Folks, if you want to listen to this again, to hear Bob's story again, go to goodnewsforthecity.com. <clears throat> Excuse me, that's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or give me a call at the station, 703-807-2266. Hey, guys, thank you for joining us. Um, we'll see you again next week. And always remember, it's the gospel that makes a way. It's the gospel, the gospel that makes a way. Thank you for joining us and listening to Good News for the City, a gospel partnership between WAVA and One Heart DC. This is a partnership, movement which celebrates and seeks to accelerate the move of the gospel into the Washington, D.C. metro area. It is our prayer that through this radio broadcast ministry of Good News for the City, we will see transformed lives and communities and more and more people responding to the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We want to help bring unity to Bible-believing people and churches in order to multiply our impact in our city, and we would love for you to join us. You can learn more at goodnewsforthecity.com. That's goodnewsforthecity.com. Or you can go to wava.com keyword good news. Or you can call us at 703-807-2266. 703-807-2266. And remember, it's the gospel that makes a way.